Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think, live, and make decisions. And when everyone disagrees, well, how can we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all the information overload and choose what governs our lives? Well, we've been processing these things, and our leadership is praying for all of us, so we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Joe. How are you, sir? May the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. So here's the irony of listening to these things. Like, we're recording this on May the 4th, which I think most of our listeners know these aren't, like, live or something like that. I think we've just disillusioned a whole audience of people. There are some people that do think, like, you record this, like, that day or the day before, right? I'm like, you're sure. Well, if we're running behind, sometimes we do. Uh, but yeah, it's May 4th where we're sitting. It's probably like the end of May already for our listeners, but that's okay. Um, I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt if you're uh, not watching us, if you're just listening. I, this is my third uh, like recording today. Really? Yeah, and so uh, I feel like I'm having a Jeff Bogue day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like a Jeff Bogue um, day. And so, yeah, I was uh, on a live call with some of our city partners today, and I was filming something else, and... I'm like, oh, I'm representing. If I'm going to be on all these calls today. Yeah. I never uh, realized that podcasting would be such a part of my life. I know, right? That it, is not... It's like a thing. Like but the... it's fun. I actually like doing it. But... I do, too. Like, the Lord is calling me to ministry, a.k.a. sit in front of a microphone. And, and, it, <laughs> and camera, and like, da 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 And it's crazy. Yeah, it's fun. It's good, though. Praise it's a, God. It's a lot of fun that that can happen that way. Imagine all the things you couldn't say to all those people if you didn't have these options. That's the thing. And like you used to, like when I was growing up, it was a radio. Uh-huh. Like you had to turn into the radio and da 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 And like I'm so glad. I don't know. We just listen to things when we want, how we want, where yep. we want. It's great. Yeah. Some people are running right now, which is nuts. Bob Ball. <laughs> Bob Ball's you, on the run. You love shouting him out. He has always <laughs> running while he listens. And uh, some people are driving. Some people are. Binge eating right now? I don't know what people are doing. But. <laughs> you and I are dieting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Well, uh, today we're going to address one of our submitted questions. One of our listeners uh, wrote in and said, hey, can you talk about our enemy? Uh, it's not clear to me how Satan interacts with us. Uh, the Holy Spirit is alive in our heart, and God uses uh, and God interacts with us through his Holy Spirit. And I can't imagine that Satan has a place in our heart, but does he? The temptations we face every day and the spiritual battles we have to fight, those come from Satan? Like, how does that work? Yeah, that is a great question. And I I was trying to, I was reading this earlier today, getting ready for our talk today, and I was trying to uh, line up in my brain how to answer this question. So does Satan have a place in your heart? And if you are a Christ follower, the answer to that is no. no. Yeah. So sometimes what happens is is we give Satan more power and credibility than he deserves. Um, but let's, let's just kind of start at the beginning. If I am a follower of Jesus Christ, the Bible is very clear that I am filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit and that he and he alone has that place in my heart. And uh, that uh, he he is the defining and directing factor of my life, sure. right? So does Satan have a place in my heart? The answer is no. He doesn't fill me or interact with me the way that the Holy Spirit would do. Mm-hmm. 
that's even true of a non-believer. Yeah, walk through that one. So it's it's not these are not like yin and yang things. Like if I'm a Christian, I'm filled with the spirit. If I'm a non-Christian, I'm filled with the devil. <laughs> sure. Right kind of a thing. What both believers and non-believers both struggle with is what the Bible would call the flesh. So I don't need Satan to uh, empower my flesh. I can do that all by myself. So the Bible says that we all have sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard or His holiness, and the Bible says that my heart is deceitfully wicked. So in and of myself, I am sinful, Mm -hmm. and in and of myself, I have wrong motives, I have lustful thoughts, I have selfishness, I have a, a murderous spirit, just fill in any blank. Like that is the human being fallen away from a perfect God being the human being. That is not me being indwelt or uh, um, uh, somehow empowered by Satan. Sure. That is just all on my own. I can do that all on my own. What Satan does is he tempts and he schemes. So Satan wants to feed the flesh or tempt the flesh or draw the flesh toward ungodliness, right? So um, you and I were sitting here talking about, like, trying to lose a little bit of weight, and, and I'm like, uh, what, a, what a, a, a cookie does is mm-hmm. a cookie, to me, is a temptation. Sure. What Satan does is wave that cookie in front of me in a thousand different ways. <laughs> but my desire for the cookie is mine. Yeah. So to discipline the body or to discipline the flesh um, is within my control. The temptation is whatever the temptation. It can be a cookie. It can be uh, a loaf of bread. It can be. So it doesn't matter if it's sexual, if it's envious, if it's whatever. That that's kind of irrelevant. That's going to be out there. But Satan knows me, hates me, wants to destroy me, and schemes against me and mm. the work of God. So he's going to know that, like, for me, it's a cookie. For you, it's a, you know, pizza. fried pizza. Okay. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Sweet tea. Right. <laughs> right. So it's going to be, it's going to be different in, the, in those things. Mm-hmm. That is not Satan indwelling me. That is not Satan empowering me. That is me struggling with my humanity. Now, I do believe in demon possession. Sure. I do believe in demonic acts. And there are times we see, especially in Scripture, it's crystal clear, where a demonic uh, being has taken over the control of a human body, right? And Jesus would cast demons out of people, and that was not... uh, It was not uncommon that he would do that. I'm not sure it was an everyday occurrence, but it was not uncommon that he did that. That's different than me struggling with my flesh. Yep. Okay? So an unbeliever is yielding or acting in the flesh alone, a believer has invited the person of the Holy Spirit into our life who indwells us. Yeah. And so we would often say he lives in our heart, right, or he indwells us. So the, the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit is with me constantly as a follower of Jesus Christ. And what he does is he gives me power and victory over my flesh. Mm-hmm. Right. So before, when I could not say no to the cookie, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through prayer, through the power of God's Word actuated in my life, I have a strength or a freedom or a victory from saying no to the cookie. 
what happens then is, as a believer, through the Holy Spirit and with His help, I am now embattling or battling my flesh. And this is what Paul would talk about when he says, why do I do the things I don't want to do? And I would look at that passage as there's more than one way to look at it, but I would look at that passage and I would say that is a redeemed, saved, spirit-filled person striving for godliness. Mm, yeah. Why do I do the things I don't want to do? Like I don't want to yield to that temptation. I want to fall into that sin, but I am doing it. Um, and Paul is... I think, sharing his struggles with battling the flesh, right? So Satan will tempt in that. Mm -hmm. Satan wants us to fall away. Uh, Satan wants us to destroy. Satan wants us to give up. I think what's critical there is a non-believer is not even in that fight. Mm -hmm. So they're not saying, how can I be more like Christ? Or, oh, I'm so frustrated that I misrepresented the heart of Christ and my weakness. That's not what they're saying at all. They either don't know or don't care, where the believer is one who's trying to to uh, follow Jesus in those ways. Sure. <clears throat> I was just reading uh, in First Timothy this morning, and uh, you're reminding me, like, Paul tells Timothy, like, pursue godliness, pursue your faith, pursue these things, uh, fight the good fight. It's not passive. And so with the Holy Spirit empowering you, it's not just sit back and pray nothing hurts you, pray nothing gets you. It's like, go for it. Run uh, together with the Holy Spirit. Now, you mentioned uh, demon possession. Do you have to be possessed to be interacted with demonically, or is there like other ways that Satan and, and demons could mess with you? Well, you just opened a can of worms. Well, Joe. I didn't necessarily mean to open a big can, but well, maybe it's one. a big old can of worms. So, demons. Welcome to mixed messages. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. We'll just go there. Um, <clears throat> demons can uh, facilitate temptation. Mm-hmm. Demons can certainly attack and torment and all those kind of things. There's a big old controversy or big old, that's the wrong word, big old conversation out in the Christian world of can a believer be controlled demonically mm. uh, for a time? Can can light and darkness exist in the same heart? Uh, there is a lot of conversation about that. Um, and so what I would share is probably my personal views sure. about it. My personal views is that that is a very difficult thing to have happen. So can a demon uh, attack a believer? I think they probably can because you saw them respond to Jesus himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can a demon um, do supernatural things around a believer? I think they can. I don't see why they couldn't. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a, a viable thing. Can they take control Mm. of a spirit-filled heart? I'm going to have trouble getting there theologically, Mm. and I do understand both sides of the arguments. And I've uh, because it's it's been in front of me a lot over the years, so I'm going to have trouble getting there. Very good and very godly people disagree with me. I want to say that out loud, but I'm going to have trouble getting there. I'm going to look and say if my heart is yielded empowered and guarded by the Holy Spirit, 
and I am a possession of God, a royal priest, a holy nation, a, a person that belongs to God. Um, I don't think that for a time that ownership can be surrendered. Yeah. Now, my viewpoint then would be consistent with the whole idea of backsliding. Okay. So if you've ever heard that term, <laughs> sure. some people have, some people haven't. I heard a lot growing up. Backs, a backslidden Christian was a, a term that it was this idea that I could accept Christ, not follow him for a long time, but follow him again, and I'm just backslidden. And I'm like, I don't see it. Sure. Like I don't see it in scripture. I don't I don't see how you can be fully devoted and fully surrendered to Christ and then not follow him at all. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um so I have trouble rectifying like those two positions in my brain. Now, here's where I run into my thoughts get complex is the sealing of the spirit, the struggle with the flesh. And the uh, I do believe that when you accept Christ, he saves you and seals you permanently. So the question becomes, this is, this is probably too deep for a, I don't know, everybody take your Advil here, but the question becomes, how good of a Christian do you have to be to be a Christian? Mm, yeah. You know, because you could say, well, Peter backslid when he denied Jesus three times. That's a big deal. He denied Jesus three times. And I'm like, eh, I don't think he lost his salvation. Mm -hmm. uh, the thief on the cross literally never did anything and probably didn't even understand what happened to him. Literally just yielded to him. Yeah, he's like, I'm in. He's like, okay. So, like, <laughs> Alistair Begg does this great thing about, like, when the thief got to heaven, and they're like... Why should I let you into my heaven? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> like <laughs> sure. the guy on the cross said I could come. Yep, yep. You know, well, do you understand the doctrine of salvation and regeneration? He's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. What well, what part of the Bible do you understand? I've never read the Bible and I don't know what the Bible is. It doesn't even exist yet. <laughs> so like so I go back and forth because I wanna I'm not trying to be like I'm not trying to straddle a fence. I'm trying to say these are my opinions and these are the things I don't know and understand. Mm -hmm. So I think in these areas, other opinions uh, have validity. Mm -hmm. They're not mine. Yep. And there's reasons why they're not mine. But if you push into my opinion, you're going to find the weak points of it too. Mm -hmm. So to me, this is one of those parts of the Bible where we have to trust what the Bible says. The Bible says that when we are saved, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Uh, that the Holy Spirit is given to us as a deposit on heaven. Um, the Bible says we're saved by grace, not by works. So how bad do my works have to be before my salvation is called in the question? <laughs> but the Bible also said we'll be known by our fruits. Yep. And that if you don't bear fruit, uh, it, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not just salvation because I decided it, that it will bear fruit. And I'm like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um what the balances of all those things are. What I don't see in Scripture is I don't see a believer being demon-possessed yep. or demon-controlled. Yep. Uh, some will say demon-influenced. I'm like, okay, that sounds like a scheme of the devil to me. Mm -hmm. I could maybe live with that. But I, I don't see those... Um, things playing out in the Scripture. Do they play out now... Like I, I don't think so, but 
I'm I'll listen to a good conversation about it. Sure. Yeah, at a at a minimum, the Apostle Paul gives us some instructions in Ephesians six that shows us that this stuff's real. Mm-hmm. This stuff can come your way. He talks about putting on the full armor of God. Um, like, how do we how do we do that in light of this conversation? I mean, there is no actual helmet of truth in our closet to put on the top <laughs> of our head. There's no belt of uh, you know breastplate of righteousness to actually put under our T-shirt. Yeah. Like, so how do we? Um, practically take Paul's advice and put on this armor, the passage says, so that you can actually resist the enemy in the time of evil or these temptations that he throws your way. Um, how, how, how can we do that? Well, I just read this passage because yeah. I think it's really great. Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 18 says, Final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand against the strategies of the devil for we are not fighting against flesh and uh, blood enemies, but against rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the devil in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body uh, armor of God's righteousness, uh, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on the on the salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, uh, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for, ever, for all believers everywhere. And I think uh, this is a figurative or a metaphoric you know, uh-huh. uh, armor of God, of course. But when you go down through that list, what you see is the areas to lean into. Mm. And putting on the armor of God is not this mystical Jesus armor thing that you put on. It's a series of decisions mm. so that I'm I'm looking and I'm saying, I am strong in the Lord's mighty power. It's God's power that will cause me to resist the devil, not Jeff's power. So the Holy Spirit within me God's power within me, and I'm going to I'm going to surround myself or embed myself in God's power because I know that these strategies or schemes of the devil are going to come at me, and I want to resist them. What are those decision points? Well, first of all, I'm deciding that I am actually fighting a spiritual battle, not a physical one, hmm. right? So the president uh, that I don't like is not my enemy. The country I don't like is not my enemy. There is an enemy who is scheming and moving behind all of these things. And I need to realize that battle belongs to the Lord, doesn't belong to me. Mm. So if I don't attack that or address that in the power of God, I'm actually not attacking it or addressing it at all. So you screaming on Twitter is doing nothing about that. <laughs> sure, yep. Uh, your prayer life is way more important than your social media stances That's or your political stances, right? Yep. So I'm, I'm going to remember those things. So what I'm going to do then is I'm going to make a series of decisions, and I'm going to put this armor of God in, in, on at the time of attack, right? So I'm being attacked. I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to put on the belt of truth. So truth combats lies. I'm struggling with my sexual identity. What's the truth about my sexual identity? Yeah, okay. I'm going to I'm going to function in that truth. I feel like I'm worthless because I was abused when I was a child. What's the truth about your worth your worth before God? I'm going to realize that that is not my self-esteem. That is a 
attack of the devil who hates me. Sure. So I'm going to I'm going to use the truth to combat that. Uh, the body armor of righteousness. Righteousness is what protects me from most of the schemes. Here's this sexual temptation. Here's this financial temptation. Well, me uh, leaning into the empowerment to be right with God and to do what's right, so to say, is what protects me from that stuff. Sure. Integrity. Yep. Protects me from from those things. For shoes, the peace that come from the good news so that you'll be prepared. So I'm not afraid of the devil's attacks. I'm just ready for them. Sure, yeah. Why would you say that? Because I have peace. What peace? That I'm a child of God. Mm-hmm. You're not fighting me. You're fighting a son of God, and you're yeah. going to lose that. Sure, yep. Because the, the one who's greater in me is greater than he that is in the world. Like this, this I'm going to win this, mm-hmm. and I'm going to find my peace not in how do I conjure up a strategy or how do I go through a... Um, a deliverance service, or how do I pray the right prayer at the right time? It's like, no, I'm I'm rooted and grounded in the person of Jesus Christ, and that's where my authority comes from, mm-hmm. and you are not greater than that. So just that's just the way it is, and yeah. I have peace in that. And then I hold up the shield of faith, right? I'm going to trust God, and I'm going to believe God, and I'm going to trust God's word, even when you're trying to make it not it make sense to me. These fiery arrows are coming at me. The, the helmet, which is my salvation, I think our salvation protects our brain, <laughs> right? Am I below this? Can I do this? Am I less than this? And it's like, no, There's a you made a cognitive decision yeah. to follow God, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So I'm, I'm rooting myself in the Word of God, the Bible, we would say, and then I'm praying in the Spirit at all times. I'm, I, it's the power of the Holy Spirit within me that combats us. So these are a set of decisions that I'm making. These are a set of reminders that I'm making. Paul turned it into a metaphor so we could physically think about it, but I'm just acting like, thinking like, and making decisions and responding like the the. The, the holy nation, the royal priest, the child of God that I am, filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and uh, is greater than in me than he that's in you. And this is our, this is already done. Mm-hmm. I just have to like believe and act like it's done. Yeah. And none of that is me being a super Christian. Yep. That's me being super dependent on the person of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Yep. That's so awesome. And that that little exclamation point you put there at the end. It's like Paul said in Galatians 2, 20, it's no longer I who live, it's yeah. Christ within me. Right. And that's what makes all of that true. Jeff, thanks for walking us through this, because I think that these questions pop up, um, whether it's in serious conversations, whether it's because someone's going through something incredibly hard, or even because the next horror movie is being released, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. how, how does this all play out? That's right. And so for us to understand what's actually going on is important. So if you have any questions, maybe it's a follow-up to this, we would love to interact with those, or maybe we can help you take some unique next steps. You can always reach out to us at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages, and we'd love to help you walk through that, talk through your salvation, your decision to follow Christ, or anything else that's uh, kind of messing with you a little bit. If you like what you're hearing and you want more of it, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. And if you're in the area looking for a church home, we'd love to have you join us on the weekend here at Grace or even online if you're out of the area. Thank you very much for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. See you next time.